your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and on today's episode of the show, we have to talk about a lot of recruiting news, specifically with Xavier Wampod, the five-star safety out of Southeast Polk, committing today. We're going to be talking about that and what the potential fallout of that decision will look like. There's several transfers from the Iowa football team, and one had some interesting comments, so we want to talk about that as well. And obviously, we got to get to the loss to Illinois and what that means for the men's basketball team. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. Again, free Monday through Friday. And I apologize for not dropping an episode yesterday. Uh, I try to get you an episode every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yesterday, had some stuff with work come up, just didn't get a chance to record in the morning. Didn't have a chance to record Monday evening either, so I definitely apologize there. But we will be back. Obviously, we have today's show, we have tomorrow's show, and Friday's show. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the fallout, the actual fallout of whatever happened with the Xavier decision that is taking place this afternoon. And then on Friday's episode, we are giving you a post-game recap of Iowa versus Iowa State. So a lot of stuff to cover on the show this week. So let's get into it. First and foremost, um, let's not bury the lead here. Xavier Wampa out of Wampa, excuse me, out of Southeast Polk, a five-star safety, a guy who is arguably one of the most touted recruits Iowa has ever tried to get and has been in the running for, is making his decision today. Now, I don't typically talk about one recruit for a significant period of time on the show. I try to talk about several recruits or if we land a guy, what does that mean for the Hawks? So this is pretty rare to be talking about a guy before he even commits. Um, But there's several crystal balls that got put in late of having him go to Iowa. Now, what this would mean is that this would be a top 10 recruit in the Kirk Ferentz era. And this would be the highest rated non-legacy recruit since 2004, 2005. AJ was a five-star, had a slightly higher rating, but he was also a guy whose dad went to Iowa. He was a legacy. He grew up rooting for the program. Not saying that makes it easier, but it definitely doesn't hurt the situation. Now, Xavier, his dad is an Iowa State alum. He did not have a tie to Iowa. And what he was looking for, he had the right programs in mind. So for him to still have Iowa in the running here, is a testament to Iowa's recruiting effort to get him and also what Iowa is doing from a brand-building perspective. They are on the map as a team that builds defensive backs and gets them ready for the NFL. And the fact that Xavier, a five-star recruit, a guy who wants to be in the NFL, a guy who at this moment is projected to be a first-round pick in a couple of years, the fact that he looks at Ohio State, a good defensive back place, Notre Dame, a good defensive back place, and Iowa, and has them all in the same tier is very impressive. Now, when we've talked about this recruiting class, it's been a struggle. We had Aaron Graves commit three years ago, it feels like, forever ago, right? It just feels like he's a Hawkeye already. But since then, it's been a little bit slow. Iowa missed out on a few guys. Recruiting seemed to pick up after the Iowa-Penn State win, had a few guys decommit. 
But since then, it's been kind of slow. And with early signing period right around the corner, this is a big opportunity for Iowa to get a significant amount of momentum. Now, if Xavier commits, we could see Orlando Trader, another cornerback commit or another cornerback uh, recruit commit. We could see TJ Hall, the former Washington cornerback commit who decommitted. Um, he could commit. I think both those guys could commit regardless, but I think having Xavier there as well really rounds this out. Iowa's in the running for a couple defensive end prospects too. So be on the lookout for that. Um, getting Xavier though really rounds out this class. You have two top tier, top tier recruits in Aaron Graves and Xavier. That means a lot for the program's momentum going forward. It also means a lot for future years recruiting as well. Kyler Casper is not a done deal to Iowa. Yes, his dad loves and bleeds black and gold. I would know. I've interviewed him. I've talked to him a couple of times. Kevin Casper is an awesome guy who loves the Hawks and loves Kirk Ferentz. LeVar Woods held Kyler Casper as a baby. But Kyler Casper is going to do what's best for Kyler Casper, and Kevin's going to be okay with whatever he chooses to do. Now, the importance here is that Xavier and Kyler are friends. They played on the same seven-on-seven teams. They know each other. Xavier goes to Iowa. There's another pull for Kyler to go to Iowa. There's a pull for Caden Proctor to go to Iowa. Now, Kyler is the interesting one because Iowa is not a wide receiver factory. Iowa's offense does not induce confidence in getting the ball to wide receivers. It has before, but with this quarterback situation, it definitely does not right now. But can Iowa sell him on the fact that there is going to be improvements there? And can Xavier sell him on the fact that, hey, you know, you're my buddy. Let's get over here. We're going to build something here. Can Caden Proctor come? As uh, Iowa is an offensive line factor. They do a great job of, of churning out guys as well. So, I mean, that's a, another Xavier type of situation there. Um, our two, two of our three best positions, offensive line, defensive backs, and tight ends. That could be a good move for Caden. We also could see some movement from the quarterback position. We have a four-star quarterback, uh, Marco Lanes out of New Jersey, who is um, looking at going to Iowa as well. There's a crystal ball in for him. He could be committing here soon. So there's a lot of momentum that can be generated by Xavier coming. Now you think a five-star recruit, Andrew, why are you talking about this so much? Because it's so rare for Iowa to land a five-star recruit. Outside of A.J. Panezza, it truly hasn't been since those early days in the Kirk Ferentz era. Now, part of that is Iowa has changed their recruiting methodology and philosophy. Part of that is it, Iowa's not a stale program, but where we are is not pretty, right? The Iowa football program is not pretty like an Ohio State. It's not, uh, it's not shine to some of these five-star recruits. And Iowa wants to find guys who have not only five-star talent, but a five-star work ethic. And so Xavier coming in would be a huge get for the Hawks. We're going to find all that out today. And I will be dropping a Locked On Now, a quick one-minute video telling you what happened, what went down, why it's important, all on this afternoon. So be on the lookout for that. On coming up, though, we're going to get into some transfer talks. Deuce Hogan, Tyrone Tracy, they are officially out. We're going to be talking about that coming up here in a few short moments. Before we get to that, though, college football fanatics, there is still time to use prizepicks.com. If you haven't used prizepicks.com, why not? It is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know that you will too. PrizePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. 
Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works. Price Picks lets you pick two to five players. You pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x any entry you have. It's just you first the projected numbers, and they allow you to combine sports as well, basketball and football, whatever you want to do. Picks can be made super easily within 60 seconds or less, and withdrawals are safe and fast as well. Also, all of our listeners right now, if you go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. And again, thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. So one of the things we typically do on the show, um, every after every game, we do a quick kind of analytical review of the game. Um, I'm going to – there's not a lot to really cover there. It was an ugly game. I don't want to relive the Iowa-Michigan game. But I will give you one stat before we get into Tyrone Tracy Jr. and the fact that he is transferring out of the program. In the Iowa-Michigan game, Tyrone did get 28 snaps. Now, for comparison, Keegan had the most, obviously, but Nico Regani had 32, Arlen Bruce had 28, and Charlie Jones had 39. So still within that rotation, um, but ultimately, Tyrone Tracy felt like it was in his best interest to leave the program. Now, for any of you out there who are cursing Tyrone Tracy Jr., or upset about him leaving, or saying anything to him on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can, stop. Tyrone Tracy Jr., honestly, what he showed me in this season was that his character is so far and above many college athletes. I mean, this kid has such a high character. Just look at what he had to go through with adversity this season. He was supposed to be the guy. He's been waiting to be the guy. Iowa touted him as the guy. You talk about practice and summer camps and going into the season, Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, everyone talking about how Tyrone Tracy Jr. is going to be the guy in this offense. The season started out slow. Spencer Petras and him were never on the same page. Things didn't work out. And slowly but surely, Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce started eating into those minutes. Before long, Keegan was starting. Arlen was getting more snaps. Tyrone was relegated to having five to ten snaps a game and essentially a fifth wide receiver. Through all of that, through all of this and not getting hardly any targets, right? I think it's 11 catches, 200-something yards, and 100-something yards and a, a two touchdowns. Despite all of that, he was an outstanding teammate on the field. Look at what happened in the Penn State game. Nico Regani gets a huge touchdown catch to put the Hawks over Penn State. One of the first guys there is Tyrone Tracy Jr. One of the guys screaming the loudest is Tyrone Tracy Jr. Now, some guys, and we've seen former Iowa receivers who have had disappointing seasons take it out on the field, and they show their frustrations. They get pissed off. They don't run hard enough. We did not see that from Tyrone Tracy Jr. And the Big Ten game championship game was a great example of this as well. In this game, Sam Laporta gets a catch. Tyrone Tracy Jr. is running a crossing route. He sees Sam Laporta get that catch. He turns on the Jets to lay a block for Sam Laporta. That is a great example of a high-character, 
fantastic team player. Now, the situation just didn't work out. I think Tyrone Tracy Jr. was playing out of position. I think he would have been better off in the slot. I think Iowa could have done a better job of manufacturing catches for him. I think the quarterback situation did not play into his favor at all either. And it stinks to see him have to go. But I think Tyrone Tracy Jr. will get power five offers. I think he will make an impact very quickly. With the new transfer rule, he'll be able to play this upcoming season. I want Tyrone Tracy Jr. to succeed so much just based off what I said, based off how he has handled the situation as well. That is something that coaches are going to look at. They're going to see the talent, but then they're going to see how high of a character Tyrone Tracy has. And he's a huge loss for this program. Tyrone Tracy Jr., as whatever your thoughts were on the 2020, or sorry, the 2020 racial allegations and everything, Tyrone Tracy Jr. was the face of the Iowa football team. He was one of the guys standing up for the team, continuing to keep the team together, and talking to the media. He was in Indianapolis representing the team. This is a guy who has embodied everything Kirk Ferentz asked of his Iowa Hawkeye football player. So if you are upset or mad or pissed off at Tyrone, check yourself. Because it's unwarranted. What did Tyrone do to you? I mean, if anything, Tyrone, Tyrone had every reason in the world to be pissed off about this. Every reason in the world to be upset about what has happened. And he wasn't. So check yourself if you're really that upset about Tyrone Tracy Jr. leaving. And if you're saying anything to him or tweeting at him or messaging him on Facebook, seriously, check yourself. Now, on the flip side of that, Deuce Hogan transfers. He was transferring in an interesting situation. And then his mother posted on Facebook. And I, I never think it's a good idea for your mother to, or your father to get involved. A, a quick story there. When I was in high school, I was upset about where I was at, what my playing time was in high school baseball. I was upset because a kid who I felt like didn't earn it got a spot over me. I was upset. I told, I said some stuff at home. My stepdad called my head coach without me knowing. My head coach came up to me the next day and said, if you ever do that again, you're off the team. I had no clue what was going on. I did not need my parents to handle it. And I never wanted my parents to handle it. And that's how most kids should be. You don't want your parents to handle your business. Stand up for yourself. Do it for yourself. If I had a problem enough, I would have said something to my coach. Now, Deuce, I don't know if he this was prompted by him or just his mother. I don't know if he agreed, accepted, or appreciated or whatever his thoughts were on his mother's post. But a couple things that stood out to me about that. And then I heard some, you know, I have a group chat with two of my really close buddies. And they're talking about the fallout of this. What Kirk Ferentz said in his press conference was not okay, whether he was joking or not saying we should have just stayed back in Iowa City if Deuce Hogan was going to be the quarterback. That was inappropriate. Now, Kirk apologized. Kirk did apologize there, and it wasn't okay for him to say that. This is not an abnormal occurrence for other teams across the Big Ten and across the college or the university landscape. Look at Scott Frost throws his players under the bus every single game. This is a one-time thing that Kirk Ferentz did. He learned from it. You better believe he's not going to do it again. But to have that be the sole reason you are leaving is a little bit ridiculous. I have heard rumors that Deuce Hogan was going to be transferring since October. Deuce came into this position thinking he had a chance to compete. 
he was not making any ground on Spencer Petras or Alex Padilla based off what has been said after camp. Deuce Hogan wasn't getting any snaps. And he wanted his playing time. It's okay to make to, to have that be the reason, right? You thought you want you thought you wanted to try here, you thought you wanted to be an Iowa Hawkeye, you couldn't make it work, and so you leave. But then to take that and say it was all because of Kirk's comments, I think is a little bit ridiculous. And what his mother said was also a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Now, I don't dislike Deuce. I like Deuce a lot, actually. Deuce was literally the person who got me my start with interviewing recruits. Deuce, I will always have so much respect for how he carried himself or how he handled himself. Um, I just wanted to call out the fact that I don't think that was the only reason why he's leaving is that comment. And I don't think that has a big impact on recruiting going forward. People see how Kirk cares about his players. They see him crying in press conferences because he's so proud of his players. He has one slip up and makes a joke. I don't think that's going to change how people see and perceive Iowa and Kirk. The other thing to note is that I've heard from people within the Iowa Hawkeye facility that Joey Labas has made a huge step and very likely could have surpassed Deuce this upcoming year. Maybe Deuce saw the writing on the wall and he left, but I think it is inappropriate or, or not cool in my opinion to blame it entirely on that comment as if there this wasn't something already in motion. If that truly was it, I don't know if I want a player who's going to be that upset about one comment and leave without listening to Kirk's side of it or letting Kirk apologize. That to me is a little bit ridiculous. So Tyrone Tracy, Tracy transferring, Deuce Hogan's gone. Um, there's likely going to be a few others transferring over the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Um, we could see some guys also opt out of bowl games. This is kind of one of those interesting seasons or interesting situations where this always happens after the end of the regular season. Guys see that they're not going to get a lot of playing time. We've already see, seen several wide receivers transfer because they're just not going to get a spot if Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce are entrenched as the starters. So as we get more information on that, we'll make sure to cover all that right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Iowa versus Illinois game. A lot to cover there. Um, Iowa. Couldn't get it done. Is this indicative of what we can expect from the Iowa basketball team this season? We'll let you know coming up here in a few short moments. But with Iowa taking on Iowa State tomorrow, you can place that bet on Iowa winning at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has you covered for all the seasons going on. Football, basketball, hockey. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And as football season continues to march to the playoffs, make sure to do all of your betting at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag remains your number one sport spot for all the sports action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest. And the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, betonline.ag, where the game starts. And this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, it is Built Bar. This season's tough. Christmas time, people are making desserts, people are making all those holiday treats. It's tough to eat healthy, and also you want to eat some of those delicious treats. 
That's where Built Bar comes in. It's honestly the perfect combination of delicious and healthy. And if you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, why not? How What can I say to you to get you to try a Built Bar? Because I personally love Built Bars. My favorite is the white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. But one of the cool things about Built Bars, they're coming out with new flavors every couple of days. They just came out the candy cane brownie. And you better believe, despite my love for white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles, I copped some candy cane brownie, and I'm so excited to try those out. I'm sure they're going to be absolutely phenomenal. So right now, go to Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. And see about trying some of those Built Bar Puffs as well. A little bit different consistency. If you didn't like the Built Bar consistency, try the Built Bar Puffs. Truly delicious. Again, that's Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. All right, y'all, we talked a lot about football. It's time to get to the the recap of Iowa versus Illinois. A couple things we learned here. I, I want to cover some different storylines. So Iowa obviously falls to Illinois. Um, they only got a lead at one point late in the, the first half. They never could get it going. And different issues are cop- by popping up here. It's the second chance opportunities. Iowa got absolutely dominated on the boards. Now, we knew Iowa was going to be a small ball team this year. When you are playing a 6'9", Philip Bracha at the 5, that is a small team. Now, granted, Iowa has a lot of size and length across the other positions, but again, a very small team. But there is no excuse for getting out-rebounded 47-19. to That's just lazy. There were times where Illinois had three guys running to the ball to get an offensive or to get a rebound, and Iowa had zero. Rebounding is just as much about effort as it is about height and natural ability. And what Iowa showed to me against Illinois was absolutely pathetic from that regard. There is no excuse for getting out-rebounded 47-19. There is no excuse for your entire team getting out-rebounded by one person in Kofi Coburn. Despicable. Or not, maybe maybe it was like off one, whatever. Or Kofi was one away from out-rebounding the team. That is absolutely embarrassing. Now, to the good part. Iowa's defense is a lot of fun to watch. They are forcing turnovers at a rate I have not seen from this Iowa team in quite some time. And Aaron Eulis and Tony Perkins, they did, they have demanded more playing time. Now, people are getting upset about the, the starting lineups. And, of course, every time Jordan Bohannon doesn't play well, the people are coming out. I hate Jordan Bohannon. Get him off the court. Why is he here? Why did he return? You're going to love Jordan Bohannon in those games where he is hitting six, seven, or eight threes and bringing Iowa single-handedly into games or when we need a clutch shot. You're going to need a Jordan Bohannon there. But the one thing I would caution people to, to uh, about saying is when you look at this team and you say, man, why are they not changing up their starting lineup? Look at the minutes. The starting lineup doesn't matter to Fran McCaffrey at this point. He's playing the guys who are most effective in that given game. Tony Perkins and Aaron Eulis, 24 minutes. That's more than Joe Toussaint and Jordan Bohannon. Those guys are getting starter minutes. So don't don't be hating on the, the lineup itself. Be appreciative of the fact that Fran McCaffrey is willing to rotate guys now in and out and find the right guys for the right situation to win the game. Now, losing to Illinois, not ideal. I would have loved to be a shorthanded Illinois without Curbelo at Iowa. 
But going one and two in the situation for Virginia, Illinois, and Purdue is not the worst case scenario. However, you have to beat Iowa State. You need to get some momentum. Losing to Iowa State as well is a very poor start for this Iowa basketball team. And you do not want to see things spiral out of control, especially considering that Virginia win is looking worse after Virginia loses to James Madison yesterday. Also, Iowa has got to get better at stopping some of these three-point shooters. When they're playing zone, they're allowing guys open. This is one of the biggest issues I have with Iowa zone. Guys are getting wide open threes. Now, to be fair, Illinois was hitting a lot of random stuff they probably shouldn't be hitting, but they shot 44% from behind the arc. Jacob Grandison, Alfonso Plummer absolutely burned Iowa. You cannot allow that to happen. You need to stop the perimeter shooting for Iowa to be successful. A lot of that, I think, can go back to man defense. Iowa has done a great job with that. And again, that's a lot of the reasons why they're forcing a lot of big-time turnovers. They won the turnover margin 18-4, to and they got five blocks. And they were the home team. They should have won this game, but rebounding and allowing a lot of good shooting from behind the perimeter is never a good recipe for a team to win in this game. Now, what does this mean for the season? Well, to me, it means exactly what we thought Iowa was going to be coming into the season. I thought defense was going to improve. I thought offense was going to be a struggle at times. It's going to be tough to buy buckets. You're going to need a guy to step up. And we knew they were going to be undersized. We, I thought they could use that to their advantage at times, and they could put maybe a Josh Ogundale in there. But we haven't seen that really come into fruition. Josh only got two minutes. When Kofi was dominating Iowa by lowering his, sh- lowering his shoulder and then putting some touch around the rim, Iowa couldn't do anything to stop that. They were trying to double-team him, but it wasn't working. Now, I know Josh is not exactly the best player on the team, but Josh was able to at least hold his own a little bit against Kofi. And when you're getting out-rebounded that bad, you need to try some other things like getting a big man like Josh in the paint. Defensive-wise, I I love it. I absolutely love it. This team is tough, and they are good. They're going to be a very tough team to get past in the Big Ten, and I expect them to be a tournament team. They aren't getting it done right now. I think Keegan Murray could have learned to turn it on a little bit sooner. Right, He had a brilliant two minutes late in the second half where he had eight or nine points, had a block and a rebound. But we need those. We need Keegan Murray to get things going sooner. We need to see Fran be a little bit more creative with some of his lower post guys. If we're, I mean, I love our defensive energy. I love the willingness to move to the second unit. I don't love the fact that we just got out-rebounded 47-19 and you didn't think about putting in your biggest guy on the team who has played key minutes in the past. Josh had just came off a great game against Purdue. I thought he played pretty well against Travian Williams, all things considered. Why aren't you putting him in now? So kind of some interesting things. I think, that, again, the big takeaway here is that Iowa does have a solid program. They need to beat Iowa State. They are still learning and figuring themselves out as a unit. But you're seeing a lot of very good things. And the things that you see are seeing that are bad, are correctable and coachable, and expect to see a different Iowa basketball team coming out against Iowa State tomorrow. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be covering all that on the show, on tomorrow's show, and also, obviously, the news about Xavier as well. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. If you want to bet on other games that are not Iowa games, check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They do a great job of breaking down three to four games every single day, letting you know 
where you can place your money at, at betonline.ag. Again, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Wednesday, and let's go Hawks.